0: Ooh, i overexposed. Let's get a little less light on that. Yeah, that's better. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the highlight of civilization. It's called Coffee with Scott Adams, and it's the best Easter entertainment you've ever had in your whole life. Let me put you in the center. Put me in the center of the frame. There we go. And I think if you'd like to take this up a level, and I know you would, all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass, a tanker, Charles, or Stein, a canteen, jug, or flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure of the dopamine hit of the day, the thing that makes everything better. It's called simultaneous sip. It happens now. Go. Ah. Oh. Well, I was just alerted to the fact that the Dunesbury comic is apparently uh, taking a. Uh, well, I won't say that. Let, let me let me just read it. You can make up your own mind about whether this is supportive or not. So it shows the two older older couple. One's reading a newspaper. Newspapers still exist in this comic world, and the young person comes in and. Um, The young person says, okay, so I've been thinking about the raw deal that canceled cartoonist got. And the mom says, oh, honey, what? Before you say anything, let me make a quick point. All life is editing. It's the things we may think but don't say that make it bearable to live in the world. Civilization absolutely depends on it. The father says, agreed. Just because you have the right to spew transgressive crap doesn't mean you must, especially if it hurts people. So editing is in your own self-interest, son. It protects you from your basest instincts. Then the son says, okay, okay, but I'll still miss Garfield, but not from ignorance. <laughs> now, what do you think? Transgressive. Now, it's interesting it didn't mention racist. Interesting. Anyway, uh, I don't know what to make of that, frankly. But happy Easter. And uh, because Easter is a day for big comebacks, I thought I would do a poll on Twitter to find out, now that some time has passed since my cancellation, I asked, uh, do people think that uh, Dilbert was cancelled because its author is a racist, or because the people who cancelled him are racists? And a month later... uh, 4% think the problem is that the author is a racist, and 96% either think that racists canceled uh, Scott or that everybody's a racist. (laughs) So it's 96% on my side. (laughs) So happy Easter. I think I timed that just right. Just right. All right. Well, enough about that. Um, I have a prediction about robots, robot prediction coming in. Have you noticed how people who don't have children sometimes will treat their animals as like their child? Have you ever noticed that? It's like, oh, my my baby, my cat, my baby, my dog, whatever. Now, that makes perfect sense because people have sort of a parental you know instinct, maternal instinct, et cetera. But in the context of the actual human population decreasing, Italy being a prime example, population is dropping fast. And other Western countries, our populations are going to be dropping fast. Don't you think people are going to have robot babies? Now, they might not be in baby form. They might be adult robots. But don't you think that people are going to be Uh, bringing them up and training them to be the character and the personality that they want them to be. And won't you be able to customize your robot by its experience? Won't robots all end up having different personalities because they would have their own personal experience on top of their programming? Yeah, I think people are going to be raising robot babies and it's going to be the end of human civilization because people are going to prefer the robot because it won't ever die. (laughs) You don't have to worry about it dying. You could just have it backed up. All all the risks of having a child could be removed, and you could still get some kind of parental satisfaction. I know you're saying, not me, not me. I need the real kids. But I'm saying that some people will do it, not you. Not you, necessarily. But I think it's going to be a big deal. People are going to be raising robots because you will actually train them to be more to your liking. That's raising them. All right, well, let's talk about all things... uh, Oh, here's some more robot stuff. So the uh, military is testing out some uh, uh, enhanced reality goggles that their soldiers could wear. And apparently it can do all kinds of stuff, like you can see the whole field as if you're looking down from it, so you can see where everybody is, you can communicate. You can do your GPS, you can have night vision goggles, and who knows what else. But man, by the time you add those vision-related things to a soldier, you're pretty much a cyborg, aren't you? I mean, that's almost as much technology as there is human flesh, almost by weight as well, because the the technical parts and the backpack and everything are going to weigh 75 pounds or something crazy. So cyborg soldiers and uh, robot babies—that's all coming. And you know about uh, Musk is trying to build a city around his own companies there in Texas. So, so he'd like to have some cheap housing that's also awesome uh, below, but it would be below market rent for the best little city there could be, I guess. Now, what I didn't know is that Yay has actually talked to Musk about also building cities. And as most of you know, who've been watching me for a while, that's also my, my long-term objective, is to design a city. Now, it, I don't have to own it, but I'd like to design one. And so now you've got Ye thinking about designing cities, you've got Musk thinking about designing cities, you've got me thinking about designing cities, and probably lots of other people thinking about it. Here's a weird prediction. If Musk designs this city the way I think he's going to, it could end up being his biggest uh, business. Now, at the moment, it's not a business at all, except for the boxable, the the little uh, temporary uh, buildings. I think he lives in one, actually. So that part is commercial already, and he owns some of that. But I think what he's going to do, this is just my speculation, I think he's going to design one city for his employees, But he's going to do it in a way that, if it works, it could become a commercial enterprise, meaning designing other cities and using his boring company uh, thing to bore tunnels and stuff. Because remember, that thing also makes bricks. So the boring company can, you know, bore a, a, a tunnel, but also uses the dirt that's left over to press it into bricks. So I've always thought that he had the perfect situation to design a a low-cost city. If he does, I think, given that cities are no longer livable, would you agree with that, by the way? Would you agree that cities are are basically dead? There's no going back at this point. They'll just become basically magnets for crime, and anybody who lives there, I feel sorry for them. But I I think the biggest market is going to be building brand new design cities from scratch and I think musk is going to be the biggest player in that even without trying I think he'll just sort of accidentally you know back himself into the biggest business in the world because it wouldn't make sense for him to just build the city without also learning enough from it that you could commercialize it as a as a project going forward I can't imagine him just doing it as a one-off that doesn't That just doesn't seem very (laughs) musk-like. It would be thinking too small. All right. Um, (laughs) I see your comments. Um, You know how long I've been asking you, what's up with Soros? And a lot of you in my audience say, Soros is the devil and he's behind all the bad things. And I keep saying... But uh, why? Okay, if I accept that he's behind all the bad things, because you can trace the money back to him, but why? Like, why would he want America to fail from massive, unchecked crime in cities? Uh, What what would be the point of that? And I felt I was all alone in that until I saw that Elon Musk has a similar thought. So I saw a tweet from Marina Medvin who said about Soros, "Uh, Soros isn't being criticized uh, for being Jewish or a billionaire. He's being criticized, rightly so, for his investment in a neo-leftist takeover of prosecutions throughout the U.S. He invests around a million per district attorney race. He he does so openly, proudly, even wrote about it. And then Elon Musk uh, replied to that with this tweet, I don't understand his goal. That's exactly my opinion. <laughs> what? Like, it, I'll accept. I do accept that you can trace the money back to Soros, although it goes through a third party who makes the final decision. So, you know, it's an it's an indirect and yet strong connection. If that makes sense, it's indirect because it goes through a third party, but it's a strong connection. So we're not doubting that he's funding things that are funding district attorneys. But why do you think it's happening? He can make a trillion dollars shorting America. Do you think that 86 years old uh, Soros is looking to make one big killing before he dies? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. The last thing that anybody 86 years old wants to do is make a really big bet. <laughs> No, I don't think there's any chance of that. So some say for legacy, some say for hate. None of those reasons check out. So you you could make any, any explanation, and they'd all sort of work a little bit, but they don't really completely work. There's no explanation that actually completely works. Hatred, martyr, none of, those, none of those make sense. Irrational, no. no none of those make sense. The, there's something terribly missing with the hypothesis that Soros is doing this for bad intentions. I mean, it's a bad outcome. Definitely a bad outcome. It's what he's done his whole life. No, he's never done this. There's no example of him doing this. There are examples of him doing things that were bad for, let's say, England, uh, that he made some money on. But again, none of it makes sense in any coherent way. When, even when you explain it, you're explaining it to be as if he's crazy. You're explaining it to be as if he's crazy, which he might be, which would, be, which would actually be a good explanation. He's crazy. He's a true believer in what? True believer in what? Crime? (laughs) None of it makes sense. Now, socialism doesn't have anything to do with DAs. But look look how many different explanations you're giving. Equity, destroy the country, make money. The fact that there are so many different competing explanations is all you need to know that there's something going on. We don't know what's going on. Open borders has nothing to do with the DA's, I mean, not directly. Yeah, I don't And the thing is, depopulation. No, it's not about depopulation. It's not about the new world order. It's, very, it's something very specific about district attorneys, but why? Who in the world would want to make this change? Well, I'm I'm not asking you to mind-read. I'm asking you to give me any explanation that isn't crazy. Which doesn't mean it's what Soros is thinking. I'm just looking for a non-crazy explanation of why you would be doing it. NGO's... Part of a coup game plan for ideological agenda globalism. See, now that's the word salad that I'm, I know means we don't need... Now listen to this. I don't want to make fun of you, but this is clearly word salad. Uh, Soros NGOs and State Department use this as part of coup game plans for ideological agenda globalism. What does that even mean? <laughs> so that's the problem. Is I don't even know what those words mean. Now, when you say globalism, again, you're missing the why. But why? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'm going to stop talking about this. But I, it was uh, useful for me to know that there's at least one person who's confused by it, and his name is Elon Musk. So there are two of us who are confused by it. So I thought time, time had gone by that I could ask the medical professionals if they're seeing a big increase in myocarditis and sudden deaths. What do you think happened? When I tweeted to ask doctors, specifically doctors, if they're seeing a big increase in myocarditis, like Peter McCullough says, um, and sudden deaths. What do you think the doctors said? The answers were all over the place. Of course. It's, it's exactly what you think. Uh, I got very qualified people who treat thousands of patients a year. Who said no? There's no difference, and then I got other people who might be qualified saying, "Oh yeah, there's a difference," right? So you can't even tell from um, the people in the industry. So the people who work the industry, uh, McCullough mines the overall data. McCullough, we know, uses bad data. And he does it knowingly, which is the weird part. And the bad data that McCullough uses is the, the athletes that died suddenly, because that's been researched, and we know that a lot of them are children and senior citizens and people who died before the pandemic and, and all kinds of stuff, but he still uses it. It's the most debunked database in all the world. There's nothing more debunked than that database, and he still uses it, still talks about it like it's real. So I don't trust anything he says, because there's such an obvious problem with that specific data. (laughs) It's the most debunked because you can look at the individual cases and debunk them individually. So there are accounts that just spend all their time debunking that database. It is the most thoroughly debunked fact of the whole pandemic. That, that athletes did not die at a higher rate. That is absolutely something that didn't happen. <laughs> all right, a lot of you are really bad and say not debunked. Um, interview them, what good would that do? What good would it do to interview It would do no good at all. So Yeah, I mean, we, we're still lost in that model that if you talk to one person, you can know something. You can't. That model doesn't work ever. Talking to one person gets you one person's opinion. It's no value whatsoever. All right. So I guess that's an open question, and always will be, I suppose. Um, There's something weird happening with Matt Taibbi and Elon Musk and Substack. I'll just tell you the sequence of events, but I don't know exactly what's going on here. It's a little weird. So Matt Taibbi tweeted, he said, of all things, I learned earlier today that Substack, now that's where people can write blog posts and get paid for it with subscription uh, members. I learned earlier today that Substack links were being blocked on this platform, meaning Twitter. When I asked why, I was told it's a dispute over the new Substack Notes platform. Now Substack is adding a feature called Notes, where people can basically post things like tweeting. And there's some thought that Twitter might see that as competition and might want to suppress it. So that was Matt Taibbi's claim, and he said he talked to somebody who must have known something. But Elon Musk pushed back on that. He said, number one, Substack links were never blocked. Matt's statement is false. Then he said, number two, Substack was trying to download a massive portion of the Twitter database to bootstrap their Twitter clone. In other words, they were trying to suck data out of Twitter's API um, to get enough data that they could clone or match Twitter's uh, tweeting service. Um, So their IP address is obviously untrusted. So it's an untrusted site because they tried to do things, according to Musk, that the API... Privileges should not allow. I don't know if there's a rule against it, but he doesn't like it. And then Elon says, turns out Matt uh, is or was an employee of Substack. Now, here's the fun part. Twitter's context notes called out Musk (laughs) uh, on a fact check. So Twitter fact fact checked its boss. And they fact checked them hard. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't polite. <laughs> they fact-checked him hard. Here's what the... the uh, now, that doesn't mean the context notes are right, right? Because the context notes are a consensus of people who do these notes. Doesn't mean they're right, but they have a different opinion. And it says, uh, Substack no, links have been throttled on Twitter. So that would be... Uh, different than being blocked, but throttled, so there may be some difference between blocked and throttled. Throttled might be true, whereas blocked is not. Okay. Um, and uh, Substack's Twitter account has been restricted. It says. It also says Matt Matt Taibbi is not a Substack employee. Uh, he writes he writes a newsletter there, and the CEO of Substack says. that he's never been an employee. (laughs) So what does that mean? Here's what I think it means. Here's what I think it means. I don't believe that Matt Taibbi ever got a paycheck from or was technically ever an employee of Substack. I do believe that Substack uses their high-profile users to promote the system. I do believe it's possible that Matt Taibbi got a maybe a a sweetheart deal to move his business onto Substack. And if you got a sweet deal in return for maybe promoting the service or being there, it's a little bit of an arrangement more than just a customer. So if Musk is speaking, um, let's say hyperbolically, that he's an employee, but sort of employee in quotes, meaning that they're working together for mutual benefit. It might not be a hundred percent completely false, but it is useful to know he's not, you know, a W-2 employee, at least. But I do think that probably the big names as Substack have some kind of uh, understanding for mutual benefit, I'm sure. And of course, Matt uh in protest, I believe he's going to stop tweeting and just use his substack, which is more to Musk's point, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's more to his point. So I don't know what's true here, but I think this is a fascinating story just to watch them try to fight it out there. All right. All um, right. I have one other uh, point I'd like to make. I've been using on my phone uh, the Google search engine. And um, you all know what that looks like. And the Google search engine also surfaces, you know, stories, news stories. And I'm fascinated because I noticed that if I look at, um, if I look at CNN and then I look at um, Fox News, I used to think I got all the big stories, but now I feel like both Fox News and CNN just completely ignore major stories, and I don't even know that they are stories until I see them somewhere else, such as on the Google page. They they do a different job of curating stuff. Uh, Easter Sunday, yeah, it's not so much on Easter, but they sometimes the news is just so different. Uh, OpenAI's first physical robot shocks the industry. Now, here's a story that's not on CNN or, or Fox News. I didn't see it anyway. But OpenAI has a physical robot? <laughs> that's, um, that's really big news, isn't it? Don't you think if, if AI actually is now in a robot... That's maybe some of the biggest news in the history of, oh, I don't know, civilization. But here it is. It's on, at least Google found it. Um, What else is it finding? Um, Mastering mid-journey, Google and Amazon struggle to lay off workers in Europe. Well, who cares? New battery tech could extend EV ranges by 10 times. Now, I love those stories. Let's find out. Uh, New researchers from Pohang University and Sogang University um, developed a polymeric binder for a stable, reliable, high-capacity anode material rather than conventional anodes made of graphite or other materials. You don't want any of that conventional graphite stuff. All right, well, we'll see. If you can make batteries 10 times more powerful, then I think all this green stuff is going to work out after all. Do we need some kind of a battery law? Uh, Like, uh, was it, uh, what was the law of microchips? That they would double every 18 months or something? Speed would double. What was the name of that? That was the uh, Moore's Law. We need a Moore's Law for batteries. Because it does seem like batteries are not, they're not doubling. But I feel like batteries are maybe 20% better every year. Does that sound right? Maybe 20% batteries, the the batteries are about 20% better every year. Which is gigantic. That's gigantic. You don't think it's 20%? I think lately the, the gains have been more impressive because we can actually fly airplanes on batteries now. That's something you couldn't do five years ago. 20% more expensive? All right. Well, maybe we'll see some of these 10, 10x things come through. Now, how many of you are watching this live stream because there's absolutely nothing else worth watching because it's Easter? And you're kind of tired of watching churchy stuff. There's just nothing else to do, right? It's just me or nothing. So it's a lot of pressure on me. You're watching golf or me. Well, does anybody have any questions? Because there's no real news today. You got your 10-mile run-in. Good for you. Battery prices are going down. You just watch me every morning, so. Oh, the masters are today? There's a David From comment about what? About me. Uh, any more I can share about the simulation? Mm, I usually share all my simulation stories as soon as I get them. Uh, underrated. Where would you like to build a city? I like to build it where there's the least amount of weather or natural disasters. Because I think you could build a city off-grid now that's pretty far off-grid. For example, you could build a city where there's, say, one highway, one superhighway to it, but that superhighway, let's say it's from a big airport, but that superhighway is only self-driving cars. Think about it. If you had only self-driving cars on the highway... You wouldn't need a speed limit. And there would be no traffic congestion. Because if they're self-driving, they just adjust to all situations. You would ne- so you'd never have traffic. You'd be able to travel, let's say, 140 miles per hour. And you would just walk out to the curb with your baggage, throw it in the back of a self-driving car, and you're, boom, in the middle of the city. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, there'll be some drones, but those will be a little more expensive. Uh, Werewolves and vampires. I'm pandering to the conservative... Here's a good question. Scott, since your cancellation, have you started pandering to the conservative wing of your audience? Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Am I pandering more? Let's say more... To the right wing of my audience? What do you say? I see mostly no's on locals. I see mostly no's. Now, but we would agree that everybody's biased, right? Including me. So I'm not without bias. And let let me explain my bias. When I was younger, I was probably more identified with Democrats in terms of their social stuff. But a lot of it was about privacy. And, you know, just leave me alone. And now I think uh, now I think that the Republicans are more the free speech, leave me alone party. So I've always been free speech, leave me alone. It's just that the party changed. They reversed. So I'm kind of the same. But I'm now more compatible with right-leading philosophy because the woke stuff is absolute, complete bullshit. So, you can't... I, there, there's no way I can support all the woke stuff. So, if it looks like I'm more right-wing in the in the context of the woke stuff going crazy, that's probably true. That's probably true. All right, here's an example of me not being more right-wing. You ready for this? I saw actor Brian Cranston explain something to me that, for some reason, I had missed. And that was his point. His point was that uh, white people, mostly, have a blind spot for the phrase, make America great again. And his point was, if you're black, when was America great? And I, wanted, I immediately wanted to argue, I was like, well... You know, my first thought was, well, come on, you know. America was certainly great in the 60s, right? But if you're black, maybe that was not such a great time. Know what I mean? And so I actually agree with that point, but I'd never heard it expressed that way. And the reason is, when I hear make America great again, I don't think so much domestically, or I don't think so much about individuals. Do you? I don't think so much about the specific people. I think about the country as it would be seen from another country. When when I hear Make America Great Again, I think, oh, people in France will say, that's a great country. Or people in China will say, well, they might be our rivals, but man, they do things right over there. That's a strong country. So when I I hear Make America Great Again, uh, which by the way, I've never embraced. You know that, right? You know that I've never embraced that slogan, Make America Great Again. I've talked about it. And I've talked about it being one of the strongest campaign slogans of all time. But I don't use it. You know, I don't wear the hat. I don't, I don't use the hashtag. And it's because it always bothered me a little bit. I wasn't sure what it was. Uh, and it probably wasn't this. But this is a good enough reason. I, I think that's a good point. I think that if you're trying to make a slogan that fits everybody, and you were a black American and you said, wait a minute, what what exactly is the year that you're going back to that was so great when my people were worse off than they are now? That's a pretty good question. Now, does that feel like I'm pandering to the right? Because I just told people on the right that make America great again is a kind of a problem. Yeah. No, I, I think that I don't have any problem criticizing people on the right. I, and I just got done talking about the Soros thing making no sense to me. So even just today, I've criticized the Soros theory that comes from the right, make America great again, you know, the most famous thing from the right. But I'm also solidly uh, philosophically more aligned with conservatives, at least on the woke stuff. You know, not on religion because I'm not a believer, and on uh, and you know my opinion on uh, abortion is that women should figure it out and let us know. So I'm I'm way left of uh, the conservatives on that. I'm left of the liberals on that. All right, um, build back better. Yeah, build back better at least allows that the future will be better than the past. And I also think Make America Great Again is a little backwards, thing, backwards looking. Like, I don't want to be great like we used to be great. Do you? I want to be great in the new way that makes sense for the you know the future. I want to be great in the future. I don't want to be great like the past. That's not a goal for me. Um, What has Bryan Cranston done for poor black folks? Is that a fair question? Pays taxes. Bryan Cranston probably pays a lot of taxes. Where does that go to? (laughs) A lot of it goes to poor people of all colors. So Bryan Cranston has done way more than you've done for black people. Fact. Assuming he pays taxes. Because he has an enormous income. He probably pays... Oh, let's say he was making $10 million a year. He was probably paying $5 million a year in taxes. What has he done for black people? He paid $5 million a year in taxes, probably. Something like that. Probably. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. All right. Um. What the, somebody says, what have black people done for you? Are you kidding? Have you noticed anything about sports or music or fashion or comedy? <laughs> yeah, I was in a uh, spaces um, conversation with mostly black uh, members. And they, they challenged me to say, you know, what would America look like without, um, without the black influence? You know, would would it be as good? And I was like, try to imagine American sports, fashion, music, uh, entertainment. <laughs> Just try to imagine America without the influence of Black America. Yeah, even rock wouldn't exist, right? Because even even our popular music came from you know the blues, etc. So no, you can't even imagine America would be. It would look like Great Britain. <laughs> The the best things about America are that you can come over here and uh, even though there's a bunch of white people, you can still get good food. That's probably one of the best things about America, is that you have you have enough diversity that if you need some Thai food, well you can get some Thai food. If you need some Indian food, so you can have some flavor for once, you can get some Indian food. Yeah, I I like that. Now. Crime, of course, is a big issue of not ignoring it. But you, you, can't, you can't say that you know, black people in America didn't make America a better place in a whole bunch of areas. That's just obvious. But there are other areas where crime in particular, where that's, that's a pretty big challenge. All right. Uh, is Ben Carson in the news? I don't know. So what is the net benefit? Is that the way to do it? Should you do a net benefit? <laughs> that feels just super racist. <laughs> why, why would you even want to do a net, a net benefit calculation for black people in America unless you're racist? Like, what, what would the possible benefit of that be? There's nothing you could do with that except be racist. <laughs> It'd be funny. Somebody says, you could never calculate it we never agree on what's what are the ins and what are the outs. All right. D- do you believe Do you believe that I'm uh, I'm being dishonest to avoid cancellation? I-, I see some accusations coming over. Do you believe that I'm uh, I'm intentionally being more woke than I normally would be? A lot of people say yes. I I think that maybe if you had watched me for a longer period of time, that that opinion would be revised. Because I have a very long history of being left of Bernie on social stuff. I've been saying it for five years, that I'm left of Bernie. So if I pull out something that sounds left of Bernie, that's not new. That's who I've been the whole time in public life. 56 degrees in Minneapolis. Well, how about that? Am I a libertarian? No. I, I, as soon as I label myself, I'm less useful. The, the moment you say, I am one of these, you're, you're just less useful to everybody the moment you label yourself. What do I think motivates Soros? Um, I'll give you my best hypothesis. My hypothesis is that he's not in control of his own money anymore. Because if he wanted something specific, he would tell you in direct language. He would say, I'm trying to accomplish X, so I'm giving money to make that happen, and he doesn't. It sounds like he gives money to... Groups say he thinks makes him look good. Oh, I'll give my money to uh, what's it called the color of change because they do a bunch of progressive things. And then what they do with the money, I think, is where the problem is. So I think the problem is that the people he gives money to do bad things with the money and he doesn't have full control of that and maybe he isn't too happy about it and maybe he doesn't even know about it. You know, maybe he's just not fully there. So I think there's a, a, I think there's a competence problem, his competence. I think there's a communication problem that he doesn't know exactly where his money's going and for why. And he's probably just trying to make the best of it with his limited mental capacity and his limited vision about where the money's going. And maybe he doesn't even care. I mean, maybe he's just so old he doesn't even care at this point. Warren Buffett has the same problem. Could be, yeah. If you have if you have a lot of money, it's really a problem to give it to charities because it can distort the charity. First of all, if you give a charity too much money, suddenly they're gonna, you know, find reasons to spend it. Um, so there's probably no right answer. If you're gonna give a massive amount of money to charity, you're gonna give it to some bad people. All right. Um you only donate to the Gates Foundation. Well, a lot of people think Bill Gates is the devil. All right, what do you think who is worse, Bill Gates or George Soros? According to you. <laughs> according to you, not according to me. Cuz I I think Gates is not trying to hurt anybody. I think he's trying to help, period. Soros I just don't understand. That's just like a black box to me. It's just a mystery. Yeah. Uh, Erica, I will change your mind. The thing with Soros and Gates is that I'm not going to argue whether he did some things that worked out bad for the world. That's a separate conversation. The only conversation I'd have is what is their motivation? Why is it that they do what they do? And I, I do not believe that either person is motivated by evil. I don't believe that. There's something going on that we don't understand with Soros. But it doesn't look like it's just some kind of satanic evil, take over the world kind of thing. It doesn't look like it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't think it has to do with being Jewish. I don't think it has to do with being... Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't think it's money. I really don't think it's money. Uh, those of you who have never been rich, you need to take my word for it. If you're 86 and you've been rich for most of your adult life, you're just not, you're not fighting for money at 86. That's just not happening. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, what, 30 years younger than Soros, and I've already stopped being primarily motivated by money. I mean, I'm motivated in the sense that, you know, more money gives you more influence and stuff like that. But I'm kind of over it as my primary motivation, where it used to be. It used to be trying to make as much money as I can when I was young. But I don't believe it, no. I, I think, whoops. Oh, Well, looks like we've uh, completely lost our signal here on the locals platform uh, for reasons that aren't clear. Hmm. Uh, that's weird. Oh, I know what's going on. Let's, no, that doesn't make sense. All right, well, I'm going to have to fix that later. But uh, I'm glad you're here at least. That, that was my problem. That was my device ran out of juice. You've merged. Uh, naming the, n- what? If I only use this transhuman to oppose transhumanism, it would have zero effect. The local seems buggy. That was that was on my end. My device um, was out of power. Naming the what? Read the Bible about the resurrection. I probably won't do that. Well, uh, Locals has a lot more content than you have anywhere else. So it's the only place you can get the Dilbert comic. By the way, since I have you here on YouTube, um, it would help me out if you subscribed. So there's a subscribe button on there. So if you hit that button, that would be good for me if you'd like to do that. Uh, Oh, Locals is down. Is Locals down or is it just... I'm down what does name the noses mean if I see it again I'm going to block you is that a racist thing is name the noses some kind of racist thing <laughs> I'm not depressed how much do you make on YouTube uh, it's private but it's not much It's not a big percentage of anything. All right, Locals is down, you say. But is it a coincidence that Locals is down at the same time that my No, Locals is not down. And I'm back. I'm back on my phone. (laughs) All right, people. I uh, used my phone to uh, sign back on, but I'm uh, just about done, so um, don't get too excited. My uh, iPad ran out of power. User error. All right. I don't want you to have to look at this angle because it's a terrible angle. It was horrible without me, I know. Yeah, no, it was my fault. Battery. Soros got my battery. George Soros made my battery drain. I think that's what he's up to. All right, YouTube, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining. Bye for now.